Welcome to the Maker Vision Podcast for episode 54, where we get to meet the man behind Doom Sweet Ohm. But we're missing one part of Doom Sweet Ohm, if I recall correctly. Yeah, she's uh, she's still asleep right now. <laughs> so, what's up, Josh? Uh, not a lot. Just, uh, you know, summertime, a lot of shows, and a lot of garage upgrades, a lot of workshop upgrades going on right now, and hanging out with you guys. Nice. That's the best part about it. You know it. And of course, Martina. <laughs> <laughs> now that, you know, you aren't leaving me this weekend and ditching me every five minutes. I did laugh because I walked away before we even started recording at least three times. But it's nice that Josh is here. So when I need to wander while we record, <laughs> it's not as awkward of a silence now. There's someone to fill it in. Uh, it's kind of funny. Why don't you tell us a little bit about Om Sweet Om? Well, Om Sweet Om is a collaboration between my wife and I. We like to do wood jewelry, wood home goods, and it's just a way for us to spend time together and and have a creative outlet together. So it's 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 been going for about a year now, and it's going really well actually. We're we're pretty well received, and we continue to grow. And you do a lot of craft shows, right? Uh, we do. We do a lot of craft shows in the area. We do a lot of local retail. So it's always kind of a new experience whenever we're, we're out at a craft show or different craft shows in the area have different focus. So we get to, we get to change our product lines out pretty, pretty often and, and kind of cater to the craft show that we're going to because everything we do is in fairly small batches and we, do it, we prepare it for the show. We don't usually have a huge stock of items hanging around. If I recall correctly, there are more designs people can buy on the spot they don't have to be like customized for your customers right correct when we go to a show we take a pretty wide product line with us and they can buy them on the spot we do offer my wife does a lot of customization of the individual pieces sometimes she puts crystals on them swarovski you know paints them sometimes they're hand wound jewelry hand wired other times she just uses prepared wiring so if they don't see what they like or if they like a design that's been, you know, but they want it painted, we'll always, well, reach out to us after the show. We give them our card and, and they send us over and we'll do a custom piece for them as well. That's cool. That's cool. It's a good balance. Yeah. I've seen like the home decor stuff you guys are doing too, the lanterns and everything. I like those. It's pretty cool. Yeah. Those were actually the first things that uh, we made. I have a weird obsession with lighting and lamps. And so when I bought the laser, when I bought our first laser a little over a year and a half ago, that was the first thing that I made was a lantern. And everyone kind of was like, oh, I want to buy that. And that's that's kind of actually what sparked the, the whole idea that we could try to turn this into a, a hustle. So you just bought the laser just for fun, like personal use originally? Yeah, I'd wanted a laser. So I'm a, I'm a programmer, so I, I literally have no physical output. And I haven't for the last 25 years. <laughs> there's no, there's like, honestly, the type of work that I do, I do DevOps, which big, dumb explanation. My best day at work is when no one notices what I do. That That is literally my best day. And and so I've always wanted to to produce something that's tangible, something that somebody could hold and be like, oh, that's very cool and not just write code that no one ever sees and and no one cares about until something breaks and then they yell at me. So I wanted a laser for years and gone back and forth with my wife about it. And some days she was like, yeah, do it. And other days she's like, no, don't do it. <laughs> so I ordered a cheap Chinese laser off of eBay at like two in the morning about a year and a half ago. 
and with with only the intention of of toying with it i like to you know i've always tinkered i make lamps i i do arduino based stuff use led lighting and and so there was no intention behind starting a business once we got the laser it was just something for us to toy with and and enjoy here in the house very cool well being the other laser person i can totally attest to having a actual tangible output at the end of your work day it's definitely nice. When you work behind a computer all day. I was going to say, especially because you sit at a desk too. Yeah. And I mean, obviously a large part of the laser stuff is sitting behind a computer and doing design for it. But it is cool that you can send it over once you figure it out and plan it out. So some things are really easy. Like doing a 2D thing is fairly simple. But when you're talking about the lamps and making sure you have your joints in the right place and your cuts and all that, it's a little more satisfying, I would say absolutely it's nice to be able to kind of utilize my experience with computers and cad and then be able to to send it over there and see something that i just thought of and kind of worked up in a virtual workspace have it come out exactly like it's supposed to it's definitely satisfying i have my cad designs i have to draw it on a piece of paper and then i have to send it to trevor for him to model it for me (laughs) and then him send it back and then me tell him i don't like that and then so he so makes she's, the edits. She's the typical client, right? <laughs> yeah, like, this is what say. I want. You give her what she wants, and then she's like, this isn't what I want. Like, that's exactly what you drew. Yeah, like the <laughs> other day, I said, I really want a metal table base, but I need some made 3D modeling. So I sent him, like, a bunch of Pinterest stuff, and I was like, I want these three put together. So, yes, I'm sure he hates me. That's I'll, I will be the demise. Of- I haven't even started that. I found a different design. <laughs> See? That's why I didn't start it. I will be the demise of the podcast. <laughs> I was like, she'll change her mind at the end of the week. It sounds like the typical client workflow. Doesn't it? Actually, I sent you what I liked, and then Amanda said, but I like this better, so clearly we will go with what Amanda likes. That's usually what happens, right? Now you don't need to design anything. Well, see? I'm glad I didn't start. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, because it takes you forever. Well, okay, so that's interesting that you say that, because I've heard that a lot from people. It's like, it only takes you five minutes. It's like, yeah, it took me six years to be able to do it in five minutes. It's like, it's... Yeah. Yeah. And I appreciate the time you spent before you knew me, learning how to do things to benefit my life. It's like, it used to take me six hours to do what I can do in like 30 minutes now. (laughs) But it's like anything else. People don't always see the, the struggles of trying to learn it. They just see the output at the end. Yeah. Same with the laser stuff. Like, you might have prototyped the same concept. 15 times before you finally got it right and then somebody will try to do it you know cheaper and (laughs) cheaper and faster and oh can i buy your designs i get a bunch of that well yeah i bet you do i would say that your designs are something that you could probably sell pretty easily to people but i think people also would rip them off really easily oh absolutely i've already seen the lamps on facebook marketplace and yeah I, i mean they're not they're not super unique right somebody could you know, if somebody's on uh, Pinterest and they see lamps that are similar to mine, they might think, oh, well, he ripped them off. I could say I actually didn't. I didn't even use like a scaled, like that was, our lamps were all designed from scratch. I mean, they're super similar to other people's, so. There's some things that, there are templates from laser companies out there that people start mm-hmm. from, and I think that, I think the lamp's one of those, or at least like the general structure of it, not necessarily the side panel designs yeah the general structure of it i mean i would i think that i would much rather if somebody came to me and said hey i'm trying to design something like that i think i would rather walk them through the process of designing it so that they could figure it out themselves than then sell them the design 
I would agree with that. Most people don't want to know the process. They just want the final thing. Well, and yeah, that's why I do what I do is because I enjoy, I enjoy the entire process end to end from the design to even having to sit there and sand like a hundred sets of earrings at a go. That's, it's not fun. You're just sitting there standing at the sanding station, breathing it all in. It's, it's not great, but it's still enjoyable at the end of the day. It's, it's what I'm looking for. It's that tangible product and, and everything that's required to get there and, and how different that is from my daily workflow. Well, it's a lot different than sitting at a desk. It is. It is. Martina's sitting there thinking, that just sounds like my normal day. Normal every day. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I could never sit at a desk. I would go crazy. I've never had to do that in my professional life. I mean, you can see me right now. How well am I sitting at this desk for this one hour we're going to record? Like, how many times have I walked away or, like, get up in my seat and move around and everything? Yeah. So that's why I, I think I do what I do, where I have to go stand up and do something tangible and work with my hands and move around and jump from project to project. Yeah, see, I've, I think I've been at a desk since I started working as a career after college. Yeah, you both are very content in your chairs right I mean, now we, we as we spin, record. But... Like, you guys look like you're at home. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We, this is our fidgeting right here. It's just yeah, That's your that's spinning. your guys' like, exercise right there is just moving the chair from, from side to side. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. So... <laughs> well, it's like you get used to it after a while, even though it's not fun to sit all day. But, I don't know. Like, it's not obviously the only thing I'd want to do, which is why I make things after work. So I can have the tangible thing. Yeah. And if I could afford to woodwork and make stuff all day, I would. But that's not really possible at the moment. It's the goal. It is the goal. But yeah. So we just need Josh to move down to Las Vegas and we'll open a shop together. (laughs) It's not happening. It's not happening. It's not that I really love that he's also in like a mini Sin City in the amount of crap he talks on Vegas. I know, right? I think it's the heat. (laughs) Yo, Reno, yeah. We can can have ourselves a good laser rivalry just like we have a university rivalry. There you go. It's, uh, it's, it's the heat and it's, it's, I don't know. Vegas seems, I don't don't get mad. It just seems more seedy than Reno. (laughs) Like Reno is pretty seedy, but we have the mountains, we have Tahoe. We're, we're close to San Francisco, the Bay Area. See, close to California. That's what he's saying. Yeah, it, it kind of is. It kind of is. <laughs> and, then, you know, there's a whole there's a whole amount of people in, in Reno and Nevada in general who think that's a bad thing, but I don't. Well, so. hopefully within the next year I'll be able to at least make a trip up there for that other supplier. Absolutely. Because that'd be cool is go up there and see the supplier, hang out, and see a different part of Nevada. Absolutely. If Vegas isn't ever sticky and gross, it might come down there and <laughs> check your shop out. The winter. The w- yeah, yeah. It snowed there this year. The winter is actually really nice. It is. Because it's, you know, 40s, 50s. And And then October, it's super windy and like you're going to blow over. Right now, it's monsoon season. Yeah, it's kind of humid right now. It has some interesting weather there. Yeah. And we we had a flash flood yesterday and the day before. I don't know how you guys are doing down there, but... Uh, My house is fine, but there have been a couple in certain areas. Hey, do you have the crickets? Yes. They are everywhere. That's gross. Oh, are you guys getting attacked by Mormon crickets right now? Yeah. Yeah, we are not, thankfully. You can have that. There's only a couple at my house, but where I work, they were all over the front. So people had to walk through crickets to get into work. There's there's no other way. There's like no back entrance or any way to avoid them. Mm -mm. There's only one door. I would have like gone home. I would have been like, I can't. No, I contemplated. Calling in sick for the day. There's no way. (laughs) But I just took a day off last week for AWFS, so I couldn't be like, yeah. And I took off Thursday for the installation. 
so I didn't want to take any more time off. Such a model employee. I've seen some gross stuff in my life, and there's no way I'd walk through crickets to get to work. Well, it was weird, because there was nothing, and then the next day, they were everywhere. I can actually say, I've walked through gross stuff in my life, too, and I still would not walk through the crickets. Hey, weren't you, like, an EMT? Yeah, or a I was paramedic? a paramedic, so I'm just... <laughs> I was gonna say, <laughs> scary crickets. You've got to see grosser stuff than crickets. Yeah, for sure. I still don't, like, the concept... <laughs> The concept of, like, the cricket landing on me, heck no. Mm -mm. I'm, like, anxious right now thinking about it. Well, you know. So my sister is another in Nevada, and she lives in the middle of Nevada, north of Winnemucca, on a ranch. And they got the Mormon crickets really bad. So I've seen what's coming out of Vegas. It's nothing like her ranch. I I saw ours, and I don't want to see anywhere. No. Man. So yeah, Vegas has bugs. Reno doesn't. That's his reason why he doesn't think <laughs> <work> of. <laughs> I can't imagine like the nerd talk between the two of you if you're like actually hanging out playing with a laser. Oh, it'd be extreme. I'm sure. Yeah, yeah, it'd be extreme. See, that's where we'd start brainstorming our own laser company. I mean, and that's not me nerd hating. I just this you guys are speaking your own language right now about cat and all that stuff and tubes and exhaust and well okay so laser stuff aside i mean cad is cad is becoming it's not it's not like a scary thing anymore you know 30 years ago 20 years ago if you weren't a graphic designer you didn't use illustrator and i know that you know trevor now uses illustrator martina i'm sure you use something at least similar when you're doing when you're specking designs out right absolutely (laughs) i think we know the answer and again, it's it, CAD is is something that it, it wasn't available to people. It was it was super specialized. You had to be in the field to use it. You either had to be an engineer or an architect to even want to touch it. Twenty years ago, mm-hmm. and now being a maker, having even that out there as a label, has introduced people who aren't associated with certain technologies or certain workflows. It, it's it's given them the opportunity to even attempt it to try it without needing to be associated with any type of industry or feel bad about, well, I'm not a designer, so why am I why am I using Illustrator? Or I'm not an engineer, so why am I using CAD? So even though you think we're nerding out, I see it a- among my friends is that it's it's a lot more similar or a lot more common than it would have been 20 years ago. This isn't nerding out. This is just a normal night for a bunch of my friends. Yeah. Well, even now. Now, I might have nerdy friends, but. Well, yeah. yeah. Well, even five years ago, <laughs> it wasn't as common. Yeah. Now you can see, you know, a guy that nothing against taxi drivers, but a taxi driver at the end of a shift, he goes home and grabs a, a microcontroller and. Starts up an IDE and then he's got LEDs dancing around in his in his you know house or something that you would never expect anyone outside of their field to do. They're doing small amounts of electrical engineering. They're doing computer programming. They're putting it all together, and we're all coming up with these awesome products that that utilize this new kind of framework that you don't have to be part of a an industry in order to enjoy aspects of it, in order to learn about things within that industry. See, I like the way you think, but it's probably because I'm a nerd. <laughs> yeah, I, I will. I will proudly own the nerd label, and we would nerd out a whole lot, and Martina would be super yeah. bored. Well, you, I mean, it's definitely you guys are definitely speaking your own language because there was a couple. What's the the LED before that? You said some type of LED. I don't know what that uh, is. Microcontroller. Yep, don't know what that was. And there was another like acronym or abbreviation that you used. IDE. Yep. Uh, development environment. 
integrated development environment. Sorry. <laughs> but but you're not nerding yeah, out, no. right? <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> so if 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 my if my static level is like nerd level seven, uh, I just, I can't help that. Like, <laughs> I totally get it. But that right now you're also talking with someone that has the same passion and interest with you so it's like i get to be who i am and you actually understand me so it's like you can't control it and that's trevor clearly because he has a laser he likes to do laser work like you guys have similar interests that is yeah i will but you know i'm not i'm not saying we couldn't hang out either i love yeah you can hang out she'll just leave you in five minutes i'll let you It's true. I'll let you be my friend for about thirty seconds, and and then three hours later, I'll find you again and hang out so with you again. That is kind of what happens. Swing back she's around. Like, okay, um, yeah, I'm over at this station. I told you he still wasn't over no, it. The funny part was like, you're like, okay, I'll meet you here, and then you never did, and you're like, yeah, we're just going back to the place with the Uber. I'll meet you at the meetup. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'll meet like, you here unless I it's don't. Like four hours later. <laughs> it's not like I like this about me. It's not like I'm striving to be this a hole. I just I can't. I it was can't, funny though. Can, I basically can't control myself. Like I, a wanderer. I promise I'm not mad. It is just really yeah. funny. <laughs> you should see me at Costco, like or at imagine. some like retail store anywhere. Oh my god! Like, I know. I can imagine terrible. at Costco. I'm by the cafe. Okay, I'll meet you there. Well, I'm. I'm by the fruit now. This is I can't. This is why I'm I'm not allowed to go anywhere without my phone. Like this is it's bad. It's it's kind of funny. But I know this about me. Well, as long as you know it, that's the important part. <laughs> Gets me in trouble all the time, not just from you. So with the uh, the craft shows, right? Because I tried to do one. It's probably been three years now that I did one. What do you because for people that want to do them because I don't think a lot of makers do them that I know anyway but they are looking into it what kind of things do you look at for one or prep for one that kind of stuff when we think about doing craft fairs or pop-ups it's the new people have pop-up fairs where <laughs> they had to yeah, change it I know. They? you should have seen the look he just yeah they had to change it yeah. the eyebrow that just came out of Trevor <laughs> was amazing things that we look for is if it's an established market if it's been there for either you know a few years if it's advertised where it's taking place and if if it's really going to be in our wheelhouse like sometimes there's craft fairs locally that are very specific to I don't know, knitting or like old time old timey crafts and and those we kind of stay away from there's some new markets that have popped up that are both well trafficked and well advertised in the area through both social media and traditional outlets so we know we're we're generally going to get more foot traffic there we're going to get better responses there because people are actually there to buy and then when it comes to what we take it's really what we can produce before we get there part of owning our own business part of doing this as a side hustle is that we don't want it to be stressful we don't want it to be a point of contention in any way so we start thinking about the show a few weeks ahead of it. We see what we have in our inventory, and we think about what would do well at the specific show that we're going to. And then we try to, you know, build out our inventory in that area as much as possible. If that involves new designs, you know, we spend a couple of days developing them and testing them, and then they just end up in our standard product line, and off we go. We have been to a few shows that have been 
a little disappointing. And you just learn from those. You learn, you know, you think about whether or not it was, why was the traffic not great? Was it the location? Was it that they didn't advertise? Was it who they were marketing to? So it's it's really, I think it's just trial and error. One thing I've always thought about with doing laser work and having a craft show was not that I could take mine, but taking the laser with you to it and then letting it run while you're there to see if that draws people in. And I I don't know if it would work or not, but I, I also can't do that with mine. It's too big. Yeah, I can't. Wheeling mine, I think ours are about similar size footprint-wise as well as bed size. Smaller lasers, I mean, they exist. I've thought about that too. Personalization, customizing stuff on the spot, I think would draw a big crowd to the booth. But then you've got to deal with ventilation and trying to finish things or at least seal them right there so that people don't grab either MDF or plywood and immediately get them wet and then be mad that their product warped because it's, you know, How do you not seal sealed. Them? Because I've always struggled with certain MDF products that aren't like painted. Yeah, so since we're not using too much MDF, we actually most of our stuff is is made out of Baltic birch ply. So Martina, when you go to order, let me know that it's for you and I'll come up with something custom so that you don't have a reaction. Yeah. She's on mute. It's taking her second. <laughs> I was going to say I haven't had an issue with the plywood. It's just that la- like that like the solid birch that I had the issue with. That's crazy. Not that I'm like jumping at the concept of working with birch ply again because <laughs> now I'm like nervous, but so anyway, continuing. So we actually, most of our stuff is sealed with shellac. Okay, that's what I have used in the past for it's, a couple things. Since a lot of our stuff, we try to we try to streamline our process, right? We try to use the same stain on a wide variety of jewelry. So we, we just end up doing the board before it goes into the laser yeah. most of the time. And then for most of our for most of our wood goods, we just use shellac mainly because it's an organic product, which I didn't know before I started any of this. I had no idea that it was... I didn't know that either. It's an ex- <laughs> it's kind of gross. It comes from the female lac bug. Mm. Uh, okay. And it's it's... I don't know, it's like their sweat or something. I have no idea. <laughs> okay, yeah. I did not know that. Yeah, right? So it's, 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 uh, but it's an organic product and, um, there are no known people with reactions to it. And so since we're dealing with jewelry, we have to worry about people's skin and I don't want to give anyone hives or have them have a reaction to it. So we try to stick to, Stuff that's, you know, going to be organic and known to be or hypoallergenic. So shellac is mainly what we use. Nice. Nice. A couple of coats of that, maybe a little bit of sanding in between the coats to smooth it out. And that's about it. Cool. I like that. What made you guys decide jewelry? Was that your wife thinking that there was a market for that or? I think so. Uh, again, we started off with the lamps. I made a lamp for the house and put it on Facebook and people were like, ooh, can I buy one? And then my wife decided she wanted a, a pair of earrings. And so we designed them up. And again, the uh, she showed them off online and all of our friends said, hey, we would buy that. And actually the first craft fair that we ever did was a craft fair at the yoga studio that she goes to. It was a benefit for a local animal shelter. Mm-hmm. And so we decided to kind of focus on yoga-inspired designs for that. And part of that was creating a set of earrings and a set of jewelry necklaces that were either sacred geometry or dome symbol, lots of yoga-focused stuff at that show. And that did so well that my wife was super inspired and and decided we could continue to run with the jewelry. So she was okay with your late-night purchase? Yeah, 
like most things that I do like that, there was hesitation until until she saw the benefit. I'm kind of like that. Like I, uh, I'll say, "Hey, honey, I got X," and she'll be like, "Why?" And then I'll work it into our household in such a way that you know, three months later, she's all, "X is so awesome." Nice. <laughs> you know, automated lights or media centers or lasers. So it's. The laser's one of those things where, obviously, I make customer stuff first, so the home stuff comes later or never. (laughs) But there's so many ideas that I could make it for the house, and I think it'd be really cool, and then I I just never get to it. I I feel you. It's it's like that between uh, the day job and being a parent and husband, and then trying to just satisfy what we have for the side hustle as far as business. Yeah. There's a lot of stuff that I'd love to do around the house. It's just a matter of getting to And it. most of it's the design part of it, not necessarily the actual going and pushing the button and finishing it. Product development is a struggle. I've got a lot of ideas knocking around in there. It's just a matter of, you know, finding the right balance to be able to sit down and have a few hours in front of the computer to, to work it up in CAD before I run out to the garage and try it so i feel like we should do a new conference where it's just like a bunch of us that you know talk and all the time on instagram and whatnot we just get together for a few days and all we do is develop products (laughs) for our own stuff and that's all you focus on for you know six eight hours a day so what he's saying is he wants us he well, he wants us just to come drywall his shop is what he's asking I, for. Yeah, I think that that is okay. So I'm all for that. Don't get me wrong, but that is not what I. Mean. <laughs> but if you want to come with it, I'm with it. You know, uh, yeah, like a like a. I don't know if you guys know about like hackathons yes. where it's just a bunch yeah. of coders that get together and and <laughs> See, nerd. stop, Martina. <laughs> stop. I'm not a programmer uh, though, so I'm not. I don't know code very well. Yeah, no, but uh, you could do like a make-a-thon where, or design-a-thon where you get together and have your own ideas, but then collaborate with other people and help them work out their designs over the course of 72 hours. Yeah, see? I think that'd be cool. I would be down. I wish that we did the video for this one, because I think with you guys and your dialogue and then my reactions to what you guys are saying, (laughs) I think people would appreciate all of it so much more if we threw this up on YouTube. Well, we unfortunately did not record the video on this one. I'm not mad. Yeah. <laughs> Plus, you can also see how we fidget the same way in Martina's. Like, yeah, <laughs> swinging in the chair. Uh, it must be a desk job. Thing. So we're used to. Well, I think it's so. I we always hear about Martina. I haven't heard your chair, by the way. Because Brent, he made a whole filter just for me. It doesn't work a lot. Oh, but right now, as I move? Yeah. Yeah, as you move, I'm not hearing it. So I'm trying to do a really good job of not getting the arm stuck underneath the um, drawer of my desk right now as I move, so it's not as bad. That's usually where it's really bad. So I think that our fidgets come from things like having conference calls, Mm -hmm. and and I know that I can successfully swing my chair side to side without creating any noise. Now, my chair pops pretty loudly if I try to lean forward or backwards. But I've got it locked right now in a stable position, and we just know that like this is the silent move. This is what keeps me awake during my stand-up call. This I will attest to coming from conference calls or meetings where you don't want to make a bunch of noise, but you also can't sit still. This is about the only way to not make noise. Exactly. This is this is what keeps me awake during meetings. I don't have as many anymore. At my old job, I used to have meetings four times a day, and now it's like once a week. Nice. 
I have a, a daily stand-up that I do every day at 10 o'clock. So, there's that. I know the pain. I feel like I'm always on my feet, but I don't move, if that makes sense. Because I'm, like, standing in one spot, standing yeah. or whatever. Yeah, you're so standing I'm, at the assembly table. Yeah. Or... It's funny, because I have a couple LED, like, motion sensor lights in the garage. So, if you're, you walk out there that are on, uh, if they're idle for too long, like, 30 minutes or whatever, they turn off. Mm -hmm. And I'll be working, and I'll have them turn off. I'm like, I'm still here. I'm still like here. Yep. <laughs> that has happened in old offices I've worked in as well. Same thing. Just sitting there typing away. Well, sometimes if you're in like a, a CAD office or you're in a programming office, there's minimal lighting to begin with. <laughs> yeah. I can attest to that as well. I worked in, uh, I worked in Seattle for a few years, and... It would drive me nuts because I came from Nevada. We have sunshine all the time. Mm -hmm. And in Washington, they don't. In, in the Pacific Northwest, they don't. But I would I would walk into the office and they would choose to have the lights off in the middle of winter at like 9 a.m. in the office. And it was, I mean, you could hardly see your way to the desk. But then there's a bunch of people staring at screens mm -hmm. and typing away. And I'm just like, oh, my God, you guys are going to kill my eyes. You're killing your eyes. And can we please get some light? Josh didn't wear glasses before that. I, I didn't. Yeah. I didn't. Yeah. <laughs> Not full time. Yeah. That's why everyone up there has seasonal affect disorder because it's all gray all the time. And then oh, it's terrible. Yeah, it's terrible. I am not built for the Pacific Northwest. I'm sorry to any listeners up there. Not I for think me. I'm actually okay with that. <laughs> but if there's such a thing as too much sunshine, I also can't stand that. Yeah. When you're in 365 days of straight sunshine. If anyone follows your account, they know oh, yeah. you can't handle no. the sunshine. Yeah. No. But It's really funny to watch you. Like, you guys are a mirror image of each other swaying back I don't back know if that's, forth. you know, because of the similar backgrounds. Like, you know, engineers, computer programmers, like, you know, desk job. I think we all do this. It's funny. Don't be a hater. Okay. <laughs> I swear, like, now that I'm, like, doing that course online and I'm sitting at my computer, I'm going freaking crazy. I did two chapters yesterday, which was, like, a miracle for me. But it still was, like, read three pages. Oh, go look at the Patreon tiers. Read three pages. Like, what did I look up yesterday? And I got sent to, oh, I looked on Zillow because then I was like, I wonder how much I could refinance my house for. So I started pulling up the listings in the area. I was, so then I'm like, oh, send this listing to my sister-in-law because she's looking at a house. And I was like, I can't do this. Like, it's the worst because it's an internet-based course. So then I have the internet at my fingertips. Like, I, I can't handle that. So what you're saying is you are not meant for online training. I'm not meant, no. No, I'm a terrible student. Now throw out like the, being online anyways, where I could look up any question I have in that moment about like how much would my house sell for? You know what I mean? Like that's or patio furniture. What I was looking at the other day, I'm like, this is the worst thing for me. I probably should have signed up for the classroom instead of the internet. It sounds like it. Oh my god, I start. You jumped in a sec couple of minutes late on that, Josh. But I started doing real estate classes online this week, and I okay. can't. I can't do it. Like, I can't focus for that long. So I'll get, like, two pages in, and then I'm, like, surfing the internet for 30 minutes. <laughs> and then I'm back, and it's, okay, I've read a page. Now I can reward myself with seeing what's trending on Yahoo. Like, it's not it's not for me. Maybe you should make your goal read a chapter, not a page. <laughs> <laughs> so my goal is a chapter a day. So I know that's not a lot, but for me, that's that's huge. 
So, but that will put me, because I told you I had to wait 18 days to take my test. Yeah. So that will put me finishing right at that 18-day mark if I do the chapter a day. Well, there you go. It just takes me several hours to read one chapter. Well, I remember studying, and I would always read, like, three pages, and then immediately forget whatever I read, and then reread it, and forget it again. And then you just, it's an ongoing cycle. Yeah. I don't commit much to memory these days, because I just figure if I need to go back to it, Google will have my back. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty much. So there's certain things that I worry about remembering, you know, like phone numbers or certain phone numbers. Oh, I know enough phone numbers to get me out of jail and that's all that matters. Okay, so there you go. And then, you know, there's uh, how to get places. I remember that kind of stuff. But if it's something that you can look up in a book or Google online easily and it's not much of an effort, that's usually the stuff I forget. Yeah. If it's not something that I'm doing every day yeah. then i'm not i don't none of us have the space these days to to commit that to memory so i get it like i'm i'm kind of like you martina which makes my job super difficult i'll get easily distracted and like jump off and oh well i'm waiting for this process to finish so i'll go look at facebook and then i have to you know remind myself oh look i'm getting i'm getting literally paid to be in front of my computer not using facebook yeah it's really hard cuz i feel like if i didn't have my phone on me for like when I'm trying to meet a deadline or anything like that, I would be more productive. Mm-hmm. But I want my phone near me because I want music or whatever. So that or change my podcast, that stuff. So I just keep telling myself like that's all that it's there for is just like music purposes or whatever, just audio. Like don't check your messages. That's what gets hard, especially being, you know, self-employed and you're in charge of your work day and how much work you get done in a certain time. It's mm-hmm. to stay on track and stay focused is really hard. I can agree with that. Yeah. I think that for me, if I were in that position, which I hope to be again, even at the end of the day, when I'm, when I'm exhausted from my day job, which sounds funny, I sit in a chair all day, but mm-hmm. it can be exhausting. I, it, it's mentally draining too. Yeah. I mean, it's, mentally draining for sure but even like i mean there's there's an amount of motivation that that gets me out in the garage in the evenings even after i'm exhausted it's just the the concept of being able to get out there and do it for myself but i could see if that was the sole thing that i was doing i would have to fight against that becoming boring or not giving me the same motivation that it does these days like did did you find that when you first started woodworking full-time that you were more motivated to get out there and do it every day yeah and now I'm definitely, I feel like I'm definitely in a funk right now because it's, you get into making because you want to be creative and you need that creative, like, outlook and outlet in your life. And now that I'm making for other people, I am definitely in a funk because I feel like it's taking the enjoyment out of it and I'm trying not to let it ruin it for me. So I don't know if it's because I've had more, I guess I could say difficult clients recently so it's made it not enjoyable because I'm not the type of person that can really answer to anybody like I mark I don't want to say I march to the beat of my own drum but I I guess I kind of keep to myself more you know what I mean so I don't Mm -hmm. want to check in with them and tell them you know progress updates or feel like I owe anything to them so now the past couple clients I I feel like that it's kind of making me burn out a little bit so I think it's taking the joy out of making, but I feel like if I can just take a little bit of time and make something for myself and not have to answer to anybody and have that creative outlet for me, and I think that will change my perspective a little bit. Plus, like, 
I sit in my house all day long. Like, I don't go anywhere. Like, I work from home and everything. So seeing my same pieces of furniture, knowing I'm a furniture maker, like, gets really old. So, and then we do the interior design stuff, too. So, like, my house has been looking the same for a year now. It's driving me freaking crazy. So I need (laughs) some kind of project, which is funny because I could probably finish my mantle that I started in November. But Mm -hmm. that's not what I want to do. You know what I mean? So I just need (laughs) something to, like let loose creatively and then i think that will help me get re-engaged with my business yeah i just need to find what to do i get that i can attest to the funk part because that's how it's been for the last month or so <laughs> it's hard because you know we're on this podcast and you're trying to motivate others and encourage others and tell them you could do this full-time too yeah. so i'm trying not to let that out on here because no, but... i don't want people to get down but i don't know if that's what they want to hear you know what i mean so that's where it's like you need to be honest yeah though. you can't hide the fact that there are funks. i just Absolutely. don't want like i can i get that everyone gets in funks i just i guess i don't want to be overly whiny about it you know what i mean like i don't want it to get other people down that it, like well i think people need to understand that there are going to be funks if you go full-time well even if you're part-time there's still funks yeah like well i think it might it might be worse being part-time because you have your regular day job where you're kind of answering to somebody else and then you're doing the side hustle and now you have someone else to answer to if you're doing commission builds i think that would be worse personally for me on the laser side it's not terrible the thing that puts me in the funk is at least up to this point is i just don't want to go in my garage because apparently it's hotter than iraq (laughs) because it's hot according to jacob (laughs) (laughs) and you don't have the motivation to go out there when the minute you step out there you're sweating and you're dripping on whatever you're making and it's just miserable hashtag vegas hashtag anywhere that's in the south i mean yeah. it's i'm not in vegas and it's 109 this weekend so it's just oh apocalypse. for real yeah in the central valley it's that yeah. hot i'm Dang. so i'm like in the central valley like it's literally we get we're like the armpit of California. So mm-hmm. it's all the heat and everything. Like, so everyone we know this weekend took off to the coast. So it would be probably terrible being there because then you're surrounded by people and then you're with people. But like, it's miserably hot. Like, even my dogs can't hang. They are just splatted out in front of the standing fans. Like, they're unmotivated for life. My cat, like, the same. I had to make sure she was breathing the other day. It's <laughs> it's a nasty little heat wave. So Trevor's going to get it next week, I'm sure, if I'm in it right now. Well, it's supposed to be 107 today. Yeah, 109 today, 110 tomorrow. Like, this is super first world whiny. Yeah. I don't even want to go in my pool because it's, like, the water is hot. Uh, it feels like a bathtub. That is definitely first world whiny. Yeah. That's first world, yeah. Yeah. That... <laughs> That's the best first world wine I've heard all week. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's too hot to go in my pool. It feels like you're in a hot tub. But it's sit on my patio and drink my beer. Drink my beer in my air conditioned house. Oh my gosh! So we're going to the movies this afternoon to escape the heat because there'll be like 65 degrees in there. Yeah, I appreciate that. Actually, Martina, I appreciate that you talk about your funk because as somebody who strives to go full time. Obviously, I follow a bunch of Instagram makers and a bunch of YouTubers, content creators that make air quotes. <laughs> and I mean, you you rarely see that unless they talk about it in something like their podcast. You don't you don't actually see it in their in their stories. You don't see it in their Instagram content because they're trying to keep a they have a persona that they're trying to keep up. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I think that it's important for everyone who 
either makes as a side hustle or who has a goal to become full-time or just just realizing that we can't always be creative we can't always be on right we have to allow ourselves those moments of or those weeks of of just you know knowing that it, we don't have it in us right now we can we can do catch-up this is why i'm doing a bunch of shop upgrades right now mm-hmm. that and it's nice to work in the garage in the summer and just have it open and doing stuff but again i i've been I've got a bunch of ideas rattling around in my head for new product, but don't feel that I have the bandwidth or time to actually try to prototype them or knock them out. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I just, I do what I can in order to keep the business going, keep it moving, but not necessarily growing product wise. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, it, we still have shows and everything, but yeah, we just, right now is not the time to develop new stuff because we have a little funk going on. So is that, do you feel because you and your wife are in a partnership with um sweet home do you feel that when you're not feeling creative she is or do you feel like when one of you is not creative like it drags the other one down and you both start to feed off of that um no i think that so far again we've we've only been at it a little over a year now year and a half we do manage to when i'm in a funk or i'm not i'm not doing a bunch of development she seems to have creative sparks and then the other way around when when she's not feeling new development or uh designing new products a lot of times i am or yeah a lot of times i am so it it does balance there are times in which you know around the holidays especially i think everyone gets a little burnout around the holidays Mm -hmm. right like our community and and we're trying this year we're trying this thing where um we are trying to develop our holiday product lines like right now. Right. That's what you I've know. learned is this is the time because everyone's going to want everything last minute in December that, but so if you have the product on hand, you can actually have like that solid source of income versus you hating your holiday because you're working for a lot of other people at that time. Yeah, exactly. And, and my wife, uh, she comes from her mother and father had a family business, a bakery. And so there was a, right. So, um, she grew up in a, in a cell phones business and they didn't do their product development five months down the or five months ahead of time. They did it like a month before. And she remembers, you know, just the stress and, and everything related to trying to get that done right before the holidays. So we're trying this thing where we're taking this time in the summer where we're not feeling a lot of stress. Uh, I don't have a lot of time because of my day job right now. We're mm-hmm. getting ready to do a big national release, but I do have some time and we do have time to sit down in the evenings a few times a week and talk about a new product and try to riff off of each other. And then one of us will go grab an iPad or, or sit down at a computer and, and work on designs and then it'll sit for a day or two. But then when we get back together, we'll show each other what we have and then try to work on it a little bit more. So, but there's, there's definitely times in which I use her for inspiration because I don't have any of my own. Mm-hmm. Or the other way around, so I think it's it's definitely so far worked out well like that that we can cool. feed off of each other in a in a in a good way and not kind of a suck motivation out of each other kind of way. <laughs> Do you guys ever get your kid involved? Um, not so much. He is eight, and that's he's... perfect, like child labor age for all I... that wiring and everything. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> They have those little, like, nimble hands. They have the nimble yeah. <laughs> hands, but, um, I mean, he would get, like, three done in an hour. Talk about, you know, easily distracted. Ooh, shiny. So I'm eight. 
apparently. (laughs) (laughs) He, he's interested some days in what we do. He (laughs) likes to come to me and say, can we make this? We made a leprechaun trap for his, uh, yeah, he was, he was very much into trying to trap a leprechaun on, uh, on St. Patrick's day. And so we used CAD and we modeled it all up for his design specifications, although it wasn't six foot tall, like he wanted. (laughs) but he knows that we have our own thing i don't think that he realizes how different that is from a bunch of people yet though got it whenever we come up with a new necklace or something that he likes he always wants one but he doesn't want to sand with us he doesn't want to stain with us he comes and visits us at the shows but then doesn't want to stay there that long or wants us to wander around with him which is not necessarily always an option if we're busy at our booth so he's not super involved yet, but having my wife be super involved with her parents' business at an early age, I think she's actually trying to keep him from being that involved. Okay. We don't force him to come to shows with us. We find either, you know, either he can go hang out with friends now or he hangs out with grandmother. I think she felt as a child forced into doing a lot of stuff around the holidays and around her, her family bakery. And we're trying to give him the option to not have to do that with us. I would I would super love it if he wanted to, but I'm not going to force him to. I guess the, the question I have out of that is, does your wife still bake for you? Uh, she was actually never a baker. So that was her her father, or her actually, it was, it was her stepfather, was the baker. She was a cake decorator, actually. She did wedding cake decoration Jeez. for years, years and years. And so was, no, no cookies for you? Uh, no, she, she doesn't know cookies, no, no baked goods. We, we do know the family that currently owns the bakery that, um, so her mother sold it after mm-hmm. many years of owning it. So if I, if I need to make my baked goods fix, I can still go there and get, get the friends and family discount. Nice. There you go. Cool. Yeah. Well, I wonder if your kid's just going to think it's normal to have a laser in their that's garage. That's what I was wondering, too. I was like, with, with, my with you too, Trevor, because your kids have grown up around yeah. it. It's just like, oh, you don't have a laser in your garage? Yeah. Well, and with our kids, it's going to be like, oh, you don't have a laser or you don't have a CNC? That's so weird. <laughs> yeah. You don't just have robots in your yeah. garage that can do it for you? It's like you didn't, uh, your dad didn't get a laser instead of getting a new car? Oh, well. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah i think yeah or they're gonna be super braggy like well we have a laser they better so. not be <laughs> i will i will have a few choice words with them if they get to be that way you don't have a laser yeah <laughs> my goal was always to like ever since i got into it was to have a garage or shop that had any tool my kids could use to be able to do school projects or make stuff that they wanted to make as a creative outlet. They better win the science fair if you're well, I don't care if they, your toys for I don't care their, if they win projects. it. All I care about is yeah. that they enjoy making stuff and being creative. Like right now, my daughter will take, my oldest one, took a cardboard box from some shipment and turned it into a castle with like a pair of scissors and some tape. Nice. That's awesome. Like, I want and then her to the be other able one body to... slammed it to the ground? Probably. No, it's still standing. <laughs> but she's super creative and i want to be able to have them have the opportunity to make pretty much anything they want to make so if they can't find what they want then they can you know design it themselves and try to make it encourage like it's gonna sound weird but encourage failure in a way 
Like, I want them sense. to be able to be okay with failing at things and not beat themselves up over it and then mm-hmm. just try to figure out how to fix it. And that was the whole goal behind starting with the laser and building up the wood workshop with the tools and everything else. Now they're not going to be touching a table saw for many years. But I mean, you have a saw stop. I do, but even... <laughs> Even if I'm I kidding. Have the I, saw stop. For anyone that's listening, I know you know my humor, but geez. Not like, everybody does. For, yeah. <laughs> that's one thing that I'm obviously cognizant of is making sure children are not around spinning blades. Like, they'll come and watch the laser work for a little bit. And my daughter will be like, Can I stay out here with you? Like, it's 110. No. Like, it's no. way too hot. Does she tolerate the heat better than you? No. <laughs> She's your kid? She's my kid, for sure. I'm melting. I, you know, one day, I would not be surprised if I just, like, melt to the floor. I know. I have to, I, ch- I text him when I know he's out there. Like, the other day when he was prepping the garage, I'm like, yeah. are you alive? Do I need to send an ambulance for you? I don't think I responded for, like, 30 <laughs> minutes either. Because I was trying to get everything out of the garage. It wasn't long enough to where I became worried. No, if it was a few so hours, that's, that's, yeah. that's when I'd probably start to worry. <laughs> Like he died of heat stroke while moving his shop around. And people will fight over your laser. Who's going to get the laser? I do. My wife. Yeah. I called it. And then she'll probably sell it for half of what I paid for it. Yeah, it's like that. Only, game. only if it's paid off. Oh well, yeah, only if it's paid off. <laughs> I don't, I don't want to. I don't want to absorb your payments. I'd, Somebody else can have it. No offense, I don't want my payments either. <laughs> <laughs> That's not offensive to True. me. True. I don't have payments I, on mine. I will admit it is the best worst decision I've ever made. <laughs> yeah we okay. I, I yeah i get it i get it it was it was a tough nut to swallow when we just paid cash out for ours yeah but i think for us that that removes the pressure of having to make that payment and correct and that's thankfully I, I'm in a I was in a yeah thankfully i was in a position to be able to do that i obviously didn't buy an epilogue i i would not have been able to do it had i bought an epilogue but going with the brand that we went with thunder laser shout out what up not sponsored. Uh, <laughs> Wants to be, but is <laughs> We're rubbing off on him. Yeah, I, I, we looked at Epilog, and then we looked at other lasers, and we made the decision to, uh, again, we're not operating the business on the K40 now, because yeah. that's just insane. But we made the decision to not absorb a payment so that we wouldn't feel pressured. That makes sense. I mean, there, there are other things that we have to make a monthly on, you know, website stuff yeah. or... But knowing that the workhorse of our business right now is not under lease of any type, just for us, it, it, it made sense. I agree with that. I struggled for a long time determining if I wanted to take that on or not. Yeah. And part of it was I was already used to the epilogue performance, which might have been a bad thing in a way, because then I like had high expectations for what the next one should be Mm -hmm. and i didn't want to settle no and i i fully get it i mean you had struggles with co2 lasers Mm -hmm. before you went to your epilogue and so you found something that worked and it worked well i had struggles with that k40 i mean i think that we literally used it for like four months before i was like, okay well we found out we have a viable business model let's just invest in it because if we don't then i'm going to end up getting a hole in my stomach from trying to keep this K40 running. That was me with my first one. Yeah. I was trying to keep it running and not mess up. Because you'd get an hour into a job and it would mess it up. And then you have to start the whole thing over. Yeah. 
Yeah, there's no, I mean, I'm not going to go in and find out where it was at in the G code and, and try to get it to restart from a specific location. Yeah, it's too difficult. Yeah. So I can, I so, can definitely agree to those points. Yeah, we just weighed the cost versus benefit analysis, and and yours was, was a little bit outside of our range. It, well, it was a calculated risk yeah. that my wife agreed to before I did. Well, then you kind of have to take advantage yeah. of that. I mean, if, <laughs> well, she's like, if you yeah, have go your... ahead. I was like, well, so there's sacrifices that come with it. Like, I'm not getting a new car for a while, which is fine with me. Well, you bought one. Mm-hmm. Your laser is, is my car. The cost yeah. of one. Is your I just car. can't drive it. There you go. Bumper sticker. My other car is a laser. My <laughs> other car is an epilogue. <laughs> you know That's a good idea. Just stick a bumper there sticker on my car. My other car is a laser. Only yeah. if you make it from the laser. Uh, you can't make a sticker on a laser. Magnet? Yeah. No, no, no. Yeah, vinyl. you could do a magnetic. You could do magnet. Yeah, no, yeah, no vinyl. No vinyl, no PVC, no carbon fiber. Wait, but, but you can do a magnet. True. Then you don't have to have it on there forever. But yeah, thanks for coming on. Yeah, absolutely. It's been awesome talking, you know, nerd talk. So I'm, I'm glad. I hope that we didn't bore you too much, Martin. No. <laughs> I think we, you and I nerded out a little bit on CNC stuff before, before before we started recording. I can't. I don't know that I can like classify mine as nerd talk since I don't know what I'm doing and I had to ask you how to use it. But it is nice to talk we to someone. We will convert that you knows. to nerd talk. Yeah, and and truth be told, I. I'm definitely a nerd, just not on computers. I don't, I don't know how to use mine either. I mean, <laughs> I, I fake it really well. There you go. That's, fake it till you make it. I'm telling you, everyone says, "Oh, you're full time." I'm like, that doesn't mean jack. Yeah. I don't know what I'm doing. It just means that I have more time to mess up. There you go. Please, yes, tell me about it. <laughs> well, thanks again, man. So yeah, I, w- I was super happy to come on, and uh, thanks for hanging. Of course. So Josh. Ohm sweet home. Up with me. Ohm sweet ohm. ohm. Did you, will you spell it out? Ohm sweet ohm. O m sweet o h m. That's what I was like. I know there's an h somewhere in there. So yeah, so it's, it's like the spiritual ohm. Everyone, go give him and his wifey a follow. Spiritual ohm first, and then in, and then engineering ohm second. Oh, I, I love the engineering. Ohm. Yeah, yeah, that's uh. Let's see if nerdy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Everybody go. On that note. Go- Go check out Josh and Dome Sweet Dome. And thanks again for coming on. Absolutely. Happy to do it. Thanks, you guys, to, for having me and continuing to do this. We'll go as long as we can. <laughs> Until I walk away. Until, I'm so, uh, you've been around for a while now. You haven't left yet. Alrighty. All right. Until next time. See ya. Bye. Thanks for listening. If you're interested in supporting this podcast, head to www.makervisionpodcast.com where you can purchase merchandise or donate. You'll also be able to join the email list to stay up to date with the podcast. Find us on Instagram at Maker Vision Podcast or join the Facebook group Maker Vision Tribe.